0: The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Humble.
1: Oh, good afternoon. Southeast Texas. What a wonderful day we have that the Lord gave us. It is so beautiful outside. I, I know the, Summer's about to hit us, so we need to enjoy these mild, beautiful spring days, and uh, just what a wonderful time it is to be alive in Houston, Texas, and to be sober and free, because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. The Bible tells us that, and I believe it, and I've seen people live it, and in fact, I'm living that myself, because I'm in recovery, and that's why I'm on this radio uh, because I want to shout from the mountaintops that people don 't have to live under the bondage of addiction, you may be listening to my voice, and you may not have an addiction problem or you may not recognize that you have an addiction problem. but the truth is you know somebody that does millions of Americans and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of te- of Houstonians have an addiction problem. It may be a family friend, it may be a, a son, a daughter, a mother a, a father it, it, it may be somebody that you work with, somebody that you care about we all know, you know, we start out, We've COVID is a, a pandemic that we, our society has been focused on. But the truth of the matter is addiction is a pandemic that's been with us for millennium, thousands of years. It's always been here. So today we're going to talk about relapse and we're going to talk about avoiding relapse uh, because uh, that is key. You know, I'm going to go over after this radio show to the Open Door Mission. And I I really preach to those guys and my team does on a on a continual basis that, that the enemy is out there. He's coming for him. He's going to hit him when they're weak. It's kind of easy when we're in rehab and we're in a, what's called the pink cloud of recovery, but it's really difficult. And, you know, people out there that don't, that have experienced addiction problems in their families. Sometimes it's difficult for us to understand. They're like, why can't this person quit? Why do they keep going back to it? What is the problem? You know, it's 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 very difficult because everywhere in our society, uh, partying and and having fun and letting loose and letting your inhibitions down and all these things are glorified. They're glorified in the media. They're glorified by our peers and friends because a lot of people can have a drink and, and don't have a problem and they don't understand. But it is very difficult, and it's it's been in my family. And even though I saw it in my family, I still walk down the same road. But you know, I. I have mixed feelings about the subject of relapse. Um, I'm going to go over some statistics in a minute uh, about how many people relapse and that problem, and I'm going to talk about what is a slip versus a relapse. I'm going to talk about avoiding relapse, and I'm also going to talk about what are the signs of relapse. If you're out there and you're struggling or you're listening to the podcast down the down the road, I hope this will help you. Um, we Um ha- We have to realize that almost a tenth of Americans – Uh, have overcome addiction and live in sobriety. That's a good statistic because that means, though, that, that there are millions of Americans, 20 25% who deal with addiction, and so many of them don't get treatment. The truth of the matter is that most people who go through treatment relapse multiple times within the first 90 days of getting sober. 27.5 million Americans have battled just alcohol, one substance, alcohol use disorder, some term it. That's over one in 10 adults. But research suggests that 75% of alcoholics ultimately successfully recover. Now, that may be after many slips. That may be after many relapses. But ultimately, they recover. And I want to encourage people out there that I'm I'm dealing with two brothers that are uh, who both of whom I love that that have relapsed recently and I've been ministering to them and I want to encourage them because God loves them more than they can possibly imagine and the enemy wants to get people down in shame and guilt when they relapse and he uses that against us but the battle's not over. You know, when I was going to go into relapse into rehab um I, I was calling around to go look into different, really delaying, going to go into different programs. And one of the programs in town whose, whose job it was um, to get me into the program, and I was a cash-paying, gold-standard patient um, for, for some reason, and I know the reason is it it's God, she gave me the number. She said, let me give you this guy's number. And she gave me a, a number to a man who's a pastor and, and who's – leading a rehab then. And he told me that he never got sober. He went to eight different rehabs until he went to a faith based rehab. And you see, my mom um, had gone to eight rehabs before she died of of liver failure. And God used that. And when I heard that, that struck my heart and and my mind. and, And it was zing. The Holy Spirit touched me. And I knew that's, that's where I needed to go, and, and I believe that the, the best uh, vaccine against relapse is a relationship with Jesus Christ, but there are practical things that we need to talk about too, but getting plugged in, surrendering fully, as we say in the 12 steps, or turning your life and your will over to Jesus Christ, that's the biggest key for me, but let's talk about some statistics. Um, nine out of 10 people who are treated for alcohol problems drink again within four years of treatment. Uh, seven out of 10 people will slip back at some point in their recovery into drinking different substances have different relapse rates. Heroin is the highest. I mean, these are permanent relapses. 80% of heroin users permanently relapse 62% of cocaine uh, users permanently relapse 53% and I'm surprised to actually this isn't higher methamphetamine uh, ultimately use until they die but that doesn't mean that has to be you because there are keys and there are ways to get around this so because you got to realize across the spectrum of all the drug and substance use disorders 75% of people ultimately achieve freedom achieve what the Bible tells us in John eight thirty six, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And so when you come across a family member or somebody in your life that that's that's relapsed again, what they need to be done is, is they need to be built up. We're going to go to break every chain tonight and over at the open door mission, 110 bed facility that takes in men who are homeless and addicted. Uh, and we're going to talk to them about the difference between how God sees them how they see themselves and how the enemy sees them. Because when we can get down in the marrow of our bones, how God sees us and how much he loves us and how much he believes in us, and how much he wants us to succeed, man, that is a huge benefit in, in, in achieving long-term recovery. And I'm telling you as a person that's gone through this process, who's got the genetic predisposition, my family, my, my, my father's father died of, of of liver failure or no alcohol-related complications. My mother's father died of liver failure. My mother died of liver failure. And, you know, God used that, too, because before my mom died, she was in eight rehabs. I remember what I just said. The man said he went to eight rehabs, never got sober until he went to a faith-based rehab but god's out there god's opening doors god's putting people in people's lives god's giving you opportunities but you have to you have to seize onto his hand there's a saying in in recovery that without god i can't but without me god won't it's in like any relationship it's a partnership so how do we avoid relapse and then we'll get into the warning signs of relapse one i think this is so important recovery must become as big a part of your life as addiction was. You know, a lot of people say, for example, the open door mission is a five to seven month program. And when these guys go through it, they get medical care. They get their GEDs if they don't have it. They learn how to read. If they don't have it, they get career counseling. They don't know how to use a computer. They get a smart recovery, cognitive recovery, behavioral recovery. They get counseling, medical benefits. And a third of the program is spiritual. They develop the guys that succeed in my opinion are the guys that develop a true relationship with jesus christ and at the end of it they get a job and a place to live talk about transforming from the streets of houston drug use you know uh, there's a million stories but they're all the same from that into a productive sober person man with a relationship with jesus christ what a transformation and that's what god wants for everybody Jesus Christ is the vaccine against this pandemic. So recovery, you know, people say, well, I can't go for five to seven months into a program. Are you kidding me? Or I can't go to three meetings a week after I get out of recovery. Or I can't join a men's group at my church and read the Bible every day. Well, I, I would ask them, how much time did you spend in your addiction? Because the truth of the matter is they spend a lot more time than what's required. But recovery becomes, true recovery becomes an integral part of, their, of our lives. That's why I'm on this radio show, because I want to shout from the mountaintops. You don't have to live. Your friend, your son, your daughter, your, your wife, your husband doesn't have to live the way they're living. There is an answer. There is an answer. But like anything else that's worthwhile, it, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes work. We spend years, decades sometimes, decades in our addiction where it's the focus of our lives. It's the most important things, whether we want to admit it or not. Getting to the end of that day when we start off, we can have a drink uh, until it consumes us. You know, there's so many people that are quote-unquote functioning alcoholics. Yeah, that works for a while, different people for different amounts of time. But ultimately, it always accelerates. And, you know, I've got another family member right now that's in complete denial. She drinks every single day. I've never seen her in my entire life without having a drink. Yet she, And her life's falling apart, yet she refuses to admit she has a problem. And she's a wonderful, charismatic, talented person who doesn't need to live this way. But she's ruining her life, and pride is such a problem. Anyway, avoiding relapse. Recovery. Must become as part of your life as addiction was. That takes different forms for different people. There are twelve-step groups, AA meetings. There are faith-based meetings. There's joining church groups. There's there's staying busy, having a purpose. I mean, I got to tell you, in addition to I'm a lawyer, practicing law, and I'm a, a husband um, and a, a father. Um, we've, uh, um, recovery <laughs> is one of the big purposes of my life of course and to me my walk with jesus christ and my recovery are the same and and so if i'm going to church and and i'm i'm praising and worshiping the lord that's recovery for me Uh, in addition to 12-step meetings or going to the or to the open door mission and and ministering to those guys it's all part of my recovery and it's become my my overriding purpose in life and and What that's that's so much more valuable purpose, you know, sure, uh, drinking had some fun for a while until it wasn't anymore, you know, some uh, a few uh, good times or or whatever. I mean, we don't do it because it's miserable. We do it because we like it until it overtakes our lives. But but the enjoyment that I have now from trying to help people, from being involved in recovery, from trying to tell others that God wants to do for you what he's done for me is so much more meaningful than the time I spent in bars, the time I spent chasing addictions. Recovery needs to become as much a part of your life. It becomes a An overriding purpose, one of the main purposes in your life. does not have to be the only purpose. People in recovery accomplish all kinds of things. Career advancement, uh, family matters, restoration of relationships, uh, amends with with loved ones. They accomplish many, many things. Educational goals, you name it, career goals. But recovery needs to be a big part of your life, a daily part of your life, just like the addiction was. Uh, Avoiding relapse, you can't isolate. Uh, the devil loves to get us alone and isolated, and, and addiction ultimately leads to isolation. Yeah, at First, your, your family, your friends, your, your coworkers, I mean, you become isolated at the end. You know, this person I spoke of earlier who's in denial, she's wondering where all her friends are. Well, she's chased them away. Not because they don't still love her, but they don't want to participate in her addiction anymore. They don't want to enable her anymore, which is what we tend to do with with addicts. Tough love is, is much more valuable than enabling. Don't keep secrets. You know, one of the hallmarks of recovery is honesty. If you're not being honest with other people, you're not being honest with yourself, then the devil's going to use that. <laughs> He's going to take that secret. And and, and we keep secrets cuz we don't want to stop. We we want to keep this isolated thing. We, you know, we may say I'm going to give the, this to the Lord and this to the Lord and this to the Lord, but I'm going to keep this thing over here and I'm not going to tell anybody because it's not right and because I don't want them to think poorly of me and because I want to keep doing it. The secrets are, are not good. Recovery has to become a an important part of your life. You can't isolate, you can't keep secrets. Don't get bobbed down with guilt and shame. And the only way to do that, I think, is to worship the Lord, because when you worship the Lord, that comes back to you. When you really, when you join a church that's loving, that's forgiving, that's, that, that teaches the gospel of hope and love of Jesus Christ and forgiveness, then you realize who God sees you as. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but God loves us. He loves us so much, he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. God loves us. His grace is is, you know, Jesus Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? And seven times? <laughs> if you ask yourself honestly how many of us have forgiven somebody seven times? That's hard. Some of us have, but that's hard. But Jesus says, no, no, not seven, seven times 70 490, uh, the NIV says 77, but 490 times. That seems impossible. But how many times has God forgiven us? How many sins have we done over the years and years? And if the creator of the universe can forgive us of those sins, can't we forgive one another? And the lack of forgiveness is something that causes people to relapse. It eats at them. You know, when you're mad at somebody else, you're angry, you have a vendetta against somebody else. Most of the time, you don't hurt them. You're just hurting yourself. It's a chain around your neck. Our our ministry is called Break Every Chain because we want to, no, God wants to break those chains of bondage. And he can snap them like nobody else. I'll tell you what. That forgiveness includes forgiveness of ourselves. You know, we've rewritten, I've gone in programs, we don't have time to get into it today. But we've kind of rewritten the 12 steps a little bit to put Christ in the middle of it. And one of those things is in the amends portion is we amend we for, uh, make amends to all those we have harmed, including ourselves. You can't get bogged down in shame and guilt. That's where the enemy wants you. You got to be grateful. You got to be grateful for what God's done. God has done so many things for us that we don't even realize. If I look back on my life before I came to Christ and before I got sober, He was trying to get my attention so many times. If I honestly look back, He was there all along with me. Uh, so grateful that he's given us this life, that he's breathed life into our lungs, that he's given us free will, that he's allowed us to love, he's allowed us to have choices, and he's forgiven us. He's given us grace. You got to stay grateful. You can't stay angry and mad, and, and that's one of the th- signs of relapse. HALT uh, is the acronym hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You got to change people, places, and things. Uh, the old saying, which is kind of trite, but the old saying is you can't hang out in a barbershop long enough without getting a haircut. Now, I'm bald, so I, I, that doesn't necessarily apply to me. But but the, the, what does apply is you can't hang out in a bar, particularly early on in recovery. I mean, it doesn't bother me now anymore to go to a restaurant and somebody's having a glass of wine. But you can't hang out in a bar with your old friends and think you're not going to relapse. I got another brother who... Who whose wife is a heavy drinker, and, and he struggled with it for a long time and ultimately led to relapse. You've got to, and, and that's a difficult situation. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it right now, but you've got to be careful with where you're at, who you're hanging out. You've got to change people, places, and things. You can't hang out with the same old crew. That's sad because, you know, I, I want to minister to him myself, but certainly early in your recovery, you can't hang out with people that are still drinking, still people that are still using. You just can't. You can't go to the same places. You can't hear the opening of a wine bottle things. What kind of things? Uh, things that remind you of that were part of the pattern of, of your addiction. You got to change people, places, and things. So what are the warning signs of relapse? Isolating oneself. Becoming irritable and reactive. Defensive. Becoming dishonest and deceptive. I think that's one of the biggest ones. Honesty is one of the core principles of recovery, just as it is I think it's in the Ten Commandments, as I recall, do not lie. Uh honesty is one of the core principles of recovery until we can get honest, until we can come to the realization that alcohol without the power of Jesus Christ has overcome us, that we're it's made us out of control. It's unmanageable, that we can't we can't control it. Until we can admit that and set aside our pride. It's the enemy uses against us we can't get sober worrying about other people and what other people think that's 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 a, a warning sign of relapse getting too hung up uh, codependent uh my buddies they want to go drink with me right? and they're going to think bad of me if i don't go um or the codependence of 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 a unhealthy relationship another topic we don't have time to get into overconfidence in one's recovery there are people that relapse after 25 years Uh, I pray for, uh, humility and a lack of overconfidence every day. I hit, by the way, I guess I've said it on the radio. I hit 10 years, um, a month ago or so, but I don't know. I want to be overconfident. And that's one of the gifts that I think my mom would appreciate me talking about and maybe helping other people. She got, uh, don't have time to get into the whole story, but she got really scared The first time that she went to rehab, got sober for two years, went to New Orleans on a business trip, thought, well, I can have one drink. And again, as I said earlier, eight rehabs later, she died of liver failure. So um, you can't be overconfident. The devil, the scripture tells us the devil is out there like a roaring lion, and he is. uh, Shifting back into unhelpful networks or hanging out with unhelpful people, uh, places, things like that. Uh, feeling apathetic. That's what I talked about. you got to have a purpose, a career purpose, a family purpose, a spiritual purpose, and a recovery purpose. One of the things that, you know, people say, I remember early in rehab, they said, you're going to have so much spare time. Well, I never really felt like that. I know some people do, but I just plunged myself back into all the things I'd been missing all the time when I was mired in my addiction. I'm ending relationships with my friends. I've rekindled friends from. I'm sixty three. I've rekindled friends from from high school and and family. You know, one of the blessings of recovery is I can go to my extended family back home, and I can. Be there and participate. Uh, I, I'm going to drive home after the open door wish, mission and go with my loving, forgiving wife. And i not going to get sidetracked. What a, what a blessing. So some people get bored. The uh, devil. Uh, what is this old saying? The idle hands of the devil's workshop. You, you got to have a purpose. You, you can't start seeking more and more because you don't have a purpose seeking more and more excitement because it'll lead you back into your addiction. Uh, falling out of healthy habits. One of the things that that helps me is that I exercise regularly. I'm not sure you can looking at my midsection that you can tell that necessarily, but um, the endorphins that I get from working out are are something that replaces something that I I missed when I, you know, I mean that we did. Honestly, we we use, we drink whatever for the dopamine, for the endorphins. There's so much better. I've replaced it with two things, exercise and with worshiping the Lord and and talk about something more healthy than than addiction uh people that are having suicidal thoughts that's that's a sign of relapse getting stuck in your head uh worrying about things all the time and instead of all the things in the past all the mistakes that you've made the enemy wants to use that you can't you know, it's recovery's like a car. There is a little bitty rearview mirror, and there is a big old windshield. Look to the forward. That's what God wants to restore you. He wants you to, to take your rightful place in the kingdom of God as a warrior in the kingdom of God. Not to look in the back of the mistakes you've made. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Avoiding positive and negative. You know, uh, when you get too 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 much success or too much failure, can can lead to relapse. I guess I su- could talk about this for a long time but we're out of time today avoiding relapse make recovery an incredibly important part of your life don't isolate don't keep secrets don't get bogged down with guilt and shame be grateful change people places and things it's possible 75 percent of people ultimately achieve recovery and whom the sun sets free is free indeed i'm pastor john allworth if you've got somebody that needs help Contact me, 832-475-8642. We love you here at Recovery Radio. More importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen.